0: I love mortgage brokering, episode sixty-six. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Zach Silverman, He's a mortgage broker with Silverman Mortgage Group, He's part of the Verico Network. He's been a broker for eleven years and is based at the Langley, BC. If you haven't checked out his website, it's absolutely sweet. You got to check it out. And I'm stoked for this interview today, Zach. You ready to rock? I'm ready. Awesome. So, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I've been a, a mortgage broker for uh, eleven years. He said. Um, personally, I'm
1: married. I've got a five year old son and a four year old daughter, which is a blast. Um, I mean, as a typical entrepreneur, I didn't didn't love school growing up. I didn't do very well. I did just enough to get through it. Um, decided out of uh, out of high school, instead of going to college, I was going to skip that step and move down to the states and uh, try and make it as a pro golfer. So I did mm-hmm. that for a couple of years until I uh, decided I probably wasn't good enough to make a living out of it came home with my uh, my tail between my legs, looking for what was next so I grew up in my my family background. my dad was a real estate developer, so I had the real estate background and at a family function actually my sister's my sister's brother in law who's doug newfeld in Miami, he's on owned a, a brokerage and uh, he he mentioned to me you money looking mortgage programs?" so that's kind of how it started I, I went and shadowed him and and before as I was getting licensed i I kind of worked with him and worked on some of his files and uh he kind, of, he kind of taught me the business a little bit. I then, uh, I guess I got licensed in, in 2004. And then I went to work with, after working with Doug for, for a little while, I had an opportunity with Origin. So they're now Origin DLC. Uh, went and worked with them when when they started as a company. Uh, worked with them for several years. Incorporated Silverman in Mortgage Group in November of 2008. Um, still partnered with with Origin, and uh, and since have just moved over to uh, the uh, Verical Network, working with Traer Group. So that's as of January.
0: Right. And uh, so I was going to something you said that, that about the pro golfer thing. So you went down. So when you do you go to the like the you know mortgage golf stuff the events i go to some of them i've been to uh, to some of them in the last couple of years yeah yeah do you usually win because <laughs> if you do i want to be on your team next nope. time
1: <laughs> We don't usually win because there's always always uh, Larry Bond from First night always stacks his team. First of all,
0: that's awesome. There's, there's always there's always a couple of stacked teams, but um, we we always have a good time. Uh, I know a guy actually who's a really good golfer who was a scratch golfer, maybe a couple above. He'd be good. No, I I wouldn't be good on your team, but he would be good on your team. So if you wanted to stack a team one year, let me know and I'll I'll hook you up. He's also a broker, there's, so there's a lot of good brokers that are golfers, a mm-hmm. lot of really good golfers. It's just hard to fit in the time. That's for me. It's what I find right now.
1: Yeah, you know what, it, it is. But I mean, I've I've structured my business and and really drawn out a clear picture of what I wanted to see, and uh, I've built it into my business. I'm in a Remax office in, in Langley here, in house, and and we basically do a, a weekly regular game. Uh, we we try and get out usually Wednesdays early morning, and so it's we I enjoy it, I love it, and it's with my referral partners always. I very rarely play golf. Uh, with buddies and with the two young kids, I, I rarely get out on the weekend. So it's it's if you make time for it and, and you've designed your life and your business around it, it's, it's not bad.
0: There, there's, that's awesome advice for anybody that they listening. Who's like, hey man, how do I fit golf into make put, make it part of your business and do it with referral partners and don't go with mortgage brokers. And not, no offense to <laughs> your your friends, but uh, go with the real part with your realtor partners. Okay, so before we dive into your story, I'd like to ask about a success quote that's had an impact on your life or business. of how quotes are portable, they're memorable, and you can kind of. And go back to them again and again. So can you share a quote that's really had an impact on you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any that stuck with me for a long time. So when, you, when I, was, I was thinking about it, I went in and looked at I know I've listened to a bunch of your, uh, your interviews. So I've, I know there's a lot of Darren Hardy fans, um, and I've read his, his books, several of compound effect, as well as the entrepreneurial uh, roller coaster. And he's got a ton of great quotes. So the one that kind of stuck out to me was, you make your choices, and then your choices make you.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really good. And, and so... I, how have you applied that like recently in in your life or business? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, for me, it's a constant
1: struggle. So I'm a, I'm a true believer that we're in complete control of, of our success and how our life is, how our life is, pans out. So I don't think that that's chance or luck. I think it's all the little things that we do on an everyday basis add up to what your life's going to be like. So, and, and that's what that quote means to me. That's how it impacts me. And so it's just a constant. Some days get away from me. I look back and I, I, was, I could say to myself, I wish I was just on the golf course all day because I, I was putting up fires and I didn't actually get anything done. Mm-hmm. But you you wake up the next day and 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 you can kind of hit the restart button and you realize, listen, I've got to I've got to start over. Um, every decision I make today is is going to impact my future. So I think that it's it's powerful if you can keep reminding yourself of those things. Like every little decision you make, whether you're trying to lose weight or be successful in business or play good golf or whatever it may be, it's all the choices leading up to what to what you're doing so is what's going to make the impact in the long run.
0: So give me an example of something a choice that you avoid making on a daily basis in order to to make sure that you're actually getting where you want to go. A big one for me is time blocking. I'm I'm the typical entrepreneur kind of ADD ish
1: <laughs> type person where I can I can get working on five different things and all of a sudden I'm spinning around in circles and and uh, and nothing's getting done. So I've made a, a real conscious effort again. still a struggle, but to uh, to have three time blocks a day. So I'm I'm putting for me a lot of people say an hour and a half time blocks. I can't do that. It's too long for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I try and put 45 minutes and work on a project, whatever that project is, whether it's calling past clients, whether it's um, Uh, Tweaking sales process, branding, website, whatever it may be, If you can shut everything else off, shut your phone off. There's not... And everyone... I've I've talked to different people about this, and people are like, well, what if somebody calls you? What if somebody needs something? There's never a time that anybody needs something within 45 minutes, or Mm -hmm. an hour, or an hour and a half. It, It can wait. So I think it's more valuable to have those time blocks and have those productive times if you can get whatever you need to get done uh, that that are actually the things that are important to you. Because for me, if I don't have those time blocks, everything seems important. If somebody calling me and wants to ask a question, that's the most important thing. But in the grand scheme of things, is it? Mm -hmm.
0: And and so uh, as a guy who works in a real estate office with lots of realtors, how do you time block? What's your advice on time blocking when you can have interruptions so somebody can just walk by and say, hey, I've got a... how, How do you manage that? It's a challenge. It's an ongoing challenge. So if I really
1: need to, to do something, I, I often will leave the office. I'll just go down, I'll walk across to Starbucks, and, and work there for 45 minutes, and come back. Right. Um, if, if you're in if you're in the office, I share an office with a, a realtor, um, and if him and I are in the office, I'm in a corner office. Everybody's walking by, and everyone's popping it high hi whether it's just socializing or asking a question or
0: whatever it may be it's hard so if you if, if i really want to make sure that nothing distracts me i, I get out of your office you got to remove yourself from the distractions yeah. yeah right that's that's good so another thing i've noticed talking to successful brokers and entrepreneurs is that failure happens but it's not fatal and looking back there's always a lesson so can you share an example of something that you failed at and then the lesson that you took from it now that you when you look back on it Oh, man, failed at a lot of stuff, <laughs> as I'm sure
1: every successful person has failed at a ton of stuff. So, my, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was I, I've got a real, I want to make everything perfect. want Whether it's my CRM, my website, the brand, uh, putting new things in place. I've failed many times over and over just trying to tweak it and tweak it and tweak it and tweak it over and over until I, it just never launches. Uh-huh. So I've, I am very conscious about it now. That just get something out and just just ship it. Like get right it in the market, it's the only way you're going to know if it's going to work or not, and and test it. But that that's probably my my biggest
0: thing that I that came to my mind at first is it's just 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 get it out there. So that's that's kind of the first thing. I right. So if you if you have a perfectionist nature, then you tend to want to have it absolutely polished before you get it ready. So what's something recently that you let yourself resist your perfectionist tendencies and said, okay, it's not perfect, but I want to get it started and I can adjust. What's something, can you think of something you've done that with recently? Yeah, we're just changing our CRM. And so it's it's the
1: perfect timing. And it's, it's it's a constant struggle that that Mm -hmm. I just, I want to, I'm ready to put it into the market and I'm Want to tweak it and change the workflows and this and that, and so I've basically just said in this in this case I've basically taken my hands off because I, <laughs> I couldn't physically do it myself. Where I just said I've I've got to get a consultant. He's going to do it all for me and he's going to ship it and we'll just be done with it. So that was that's kind of my most recent one where it's, I, I realized
0: that it was if I was doing it I would hold on to it and hold on to it and it would be forever before I actually shipped it. So I, that's something I just took action on. So in, in sent you outsourced it to make sure that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And actually ties right into my next question, which is about processes. And I find successful brokers have processes and sales as well as administrative processes. So on the administrative side, it sounds like the CRM thing is something you've been adjusting. So can you share uh, some of the parts yeah. of what, what some of what you're looking at doing, and maybe what company you're using to, to add, automate that CRM stuff?
1: Yeah, we've used uh in the past we've used Salesforce and it's it's just a, a massive machine that can do anything you want it to. It's it's a challenge to
0: it's very dial big
1: it into it, it's huge. And so we, we did that for a while and, and it's expensive and it's it's big. We've done a I've done a ton of research and I'm I'm Currently, just just getting uh, Zoho CRM going. Mm-hmm. So I did a bunch of research. Zoho is um, it's something that's been more it's more affordable than Salesforce, but yet it does basically everything that I would ever need it to do that Salesforce did. It does all my workflows. It uh, has all the templates. It has all the email marketing uh, any any of that type of stuff that you can do and i think that i think that the crm is so huge and it's such a challenge talking to people and listening to people in our industry like what everyone's using it seems like one of the biggest pain points that we have and i probably bring it up a lot because i'm in the middle of doing it right now. Mm-hmm. it's pain for you right so now <laughs> it's a it's a pain for me right now so i mean what what we do is we, i think i was listening to uh Nick Luciase's uh, interview that he did, he was saying that everything he does is based on workflows, um, and it's and it's bulletproof, and and I think that's the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we've done in the past, and we're just continuing to tweak it, we're moving it over to to a different system. So everything will be done on, on workflows, and that way we can we can measure everything, we can manage our salespeople, we can we can do everything we need to do, and but it's all happening. And, and,
0: yeah that's good actually do uh, you know who Gord McCallum is yeah, yeah so Gord has been using Zoho for years so maybe if you know him you can always ping him and, and share some oh, perfect. He'd, he'd probably be open to sharing some stuff with you so uh, tell him I sent you <laughs> Um, I, one of my other friends just recently—he's got a, a company that's not in brokering, but he's set up on Salesforce, and so he has a program that a lot attaches Salesforce. This is how robust it is to a vending machine in his office, and when his staff do like something good, or they get they can actually ping the, the vending machine to pop out a beer or a soda or whatever. Right from Salesforce by like tagging it. How crazy is that? Wow. Eh? So <laughs> that's that's cool. The, what I what I had thought of that I was going to
1: bring up, so I'll bring it up now because that that's that's a cool thing. And I'm and I love these. Our world is so connected now. There's, mm-hmm. there's so many different companies that get into cool apps and services and and, uh, and stuff like that. That when when we had this question, I was I was thinking about it. One of the one of the challenges that I I have in the, in the office and a process that I've kind of tweaked and is working really cool for me right now is we get a ton of leads from from realtors and. And it's, it's always a juggling act. What do you do for them? I, mean, don't, I don't think you need to go over the top, but you need a token to say thank you. But it needs, for us, it needs to be engaging. It needs to be fun. And it needs to they need to see value in it. I've actually just switched over. So every referral we get, we use this app called Gusto. G-U-U-S-T-O. I don't know if you've heard of it. No,
0: I haven't.
1: It's, check it out. It's, it's really cool. Uh, I think it's iPhone and Android. And basically what you can do is it's, it's, it's in Canada and it's for restaurant establishments and you can basically gift them, gift Whatever, whatever you want you can gift them a, a drink and put a, a dollar limit on it you can give them a bottle of wine a dessert an appetizer a meal anything like that and you can do it by text or email i text it every time and we've i've just been using it for about three weeks now and the response people are blown away and
0: okay i'm gonna i'm gonna cut this part out of the interview no, I'm just kidding i won't. <laughs> this is so good i'm like okay i, I won't cut it out because i don't do that but that do. It, it's dude really is awesome cool. i'm it's looking it up right now I, didn't, I love I it
1: through Twitter or something like that. And it's, and we've been using it and, and just the feedback is, has been awesome. With clients too. I mean, yesterday we had a client that was closing and, um, and she, the lawyer actually messed up a little bit. Didn't include the CMHC premium in the mortgage. So thought they had to pay it up front. So she thought she had to pay an extra $12,000, I think, on this one. So not, not our fault at all, but we want the experience to be, to be great with everybody. So we talked it through it, got it all sorted out, no issues. And then I just, I just sent her a drink on, on Gusto and, and said, you, you're probably going to need this thing. She was, she was blown away. Thought it was a Dude, cool this is
0: awesome. We could stop right here. Okay. Anybody listening? If you, yeah. you know, yeah. Awesome. That's good stuff. I think it's, that's fantastic. So uh, I'm glad that I was digging there because that didn't come up naturally. It just kind of came up because we were talking about something else about the vending machine. Okay. Yeah. So say I'm going to switch to sales process. So I noticed that successful brokers have sales processes and systems. They don't just show up and hope for the best, but they also are willing to adjust them. So can you share an example of something that in your sales process that maybe wasn't working as well as you'd like and adjustment you mean? Yeah, our sales process, one of our biggest challenges in in, in our structure of our team and, and how we're doing is, the. I mean,
1: I think for the most part, I don't know about the other brokers out there. Once, once you've got a live deal and you've got an, a client in the door, I think that the sales process and the workflow is, I mean, everyone's got their own way of doing it, but I think it's fairly, fairly simple. The, the leads and how to how to manage them and, and make sure they they feel cared about and that you stay on top of them because so often, I mean, we we all know that you talk to somebody up front and then you don't get a response right away. And what do you do with these person, these people? We used before having proper systems in place, we would we would have stuff going out to them automatically, but it, they weren't top of mind. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have automatic tasks firing to make sure that there was a safety net there. Mm-hmm. So we made we made in the last year or so we've we've had just just simple different tools to have make sure that there's always always a next action for for every single lead uh-huh. so and we've done it. What's worked for us is is we've done it somewhat uh, manual. So it's not always automatic. It's not always like 15 days and then 30 days and then 45. If you talk to somebody, you just and and you they say yeah, I'm going away or I'm doing this, and you just set that task for when they come back, and then you can you can finish where you left off on the last conversation. And people feel like I'm not just a number at the bank. These people know me. They care about me. They're, they're on top of things. Mm-hmm. So that's been huge for us. Because again, it's <laughs> just because I listened to Nick recently, so it's fresh and and. He he talks about revenue leakage, and that's to Greg Williamson, and, and, and I work with Greg as well. And um, I think there's huge revenue leakage for, on, on the front end with, uh, with leads that, that just fall through the door, and people say, well, oh, he never called me back, and he never called me back. It's been a week or two weeks. He's, he's moved on. He's gone to the bank or whatever. Mm -hmm. we've had so many times where we've followed up with people and just, just being consistent on it. And then two months later, they they come back to us apologizing that they've been busy or they've been that, but they want to move forward now.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not their priority every day. uh, It's the the life happens. And and then this goes on the back burner until it becomes a priority. And then. Yeah, that's good advice. Actually, I haven't listened to Nick's in a while. I'm gonna—you've inspired me to jump back into it and listen. There's to it again. a lot of good nuggets in there. He did it really well last year. I saw on the CMP uh, top 75. He was in the—I think he was over the 100 million mark, if I recall correctly. So that's yeah—you got to listen to a guy who's writing that much business. Absolutely. Uh, so another area that I've noticed talking to brokers is this idea of diversifying income, cross-selling other products like insurance. And so I just wanted to take get your take on it. And is it something you're working on in the next year or not? Yeah, we haven't done a ton of it. I mean, I do see a, a ton of value, especially moving forward with where our industry's going, um, in the ancillary
1: products and stuff like that. One small thing that actually adds up, depending on how much volume, how many deals you're doing. But, uh, when we moved over to, to, to Dreher Group, uh, and aligned with them, they, they've got a company, and I don't know how many people are doing it. We never did it, but at, uh, uh, to Origin, but they've got property insurance. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a company that, uh, you basically just when you're going we, every approval document we go through with clients every signing appointment it's just another document in there that they just fill out if they haven't got their property insurance mm-hmm. uh, we we just get them to sign a form that that allows brokers to call them and we get paid referral fees for it and it's it's not a not a huge amount of money it's, I think it's 150 dollars for everyone for a house 100 for a townhouse 50 for a condo something like that mm-hmm. um, but it adds up so, right and, and solely products like that I, th- I think are moving forward are are going to add a lot of value a lot of, a lot to the bottom line I. I I have been hearing more and more about people going over being more involved with cff and and buying franchises and i haven't looked into it and i, I don't know a heck of a lot about it but i do see a ton of value in be able to being able to offer that on
0: secured line and the rsps and that sort of thing mm-hmm. um but to be honest i, I haven't I haven't done a ton of research on that at this point right uh i had just recently interviewed gord and um it was a great in- yeah and so i I've had lots of discussions with him about it. I think there's definitely um, there's some people it's going to work for some people won't work for everybody but if you embrace it and you can find ways to leverage it it can definitely be a benefit. Yeah, I mean I think it goes along with just being being full service and as long as
1: it's again I don't know anything about it, so it but as long as it's in the client's best interest and, and you can
0: offer it to them and the more you can wrap your arms around that client and add value to them I think that's a win-win. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to move to the rapid fire questions you can answer these with shorter answers if you like. So what is the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? Consistency. I think consistency and commitment to their
1: whatever their dreams and their 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 plans and their goals are um, I, th- I think that we all all just kind of get going and just wake up every day and do whatever comes your way and um, we don't really paint that picture of, of what do we see where do we want to be in three years mm-hmm. um, and how can we get there and then once you've got that plan just consistency
0: right What well, one thing or how has made you
1: successful Constantly improving myself, constantly looking to get better as a person, not just a broker. Um, uh-huh. it's, it's always it's a process, but uh, I mean, I, I do this through through reading a lot. Uh, I take a lot of like entrepreneurial courses. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, through meditation
0: through through all that that type of stuff. Having a coach is huge for me, right? And uh, so you mentioned you have a coach for your mortgage yeah. business. How long have you had a coach?
1: Um, I've had different. I was
0: part of an entrepreneurial program called the Strategic Coach. Um, I like did that one. Mortgages. did you? Yeah. And I did it is in Santa Monica. I'm like, it's in Santa Monica? Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mine was in Chicago, and it was it was great. I mean, it just got a little... I'm, I'm not doing it now just because
1: it got a little hectic with when kids were born and they were mm-hmm. young. And going to Chicago every quarter, it kind of took away from doing anything else. But yeah, uh, being a part of something where you're constantly growing positive,
0: constantly being, trying to become a better person, I think is, is always going to add value to your business and to your life. Mm-hmm. That's good. And, uh, so do you have an internet resource or software program you use to make your business more successful? You said Gusto, is there another one? Yeah, we, I mean, we use Google apps for everything. So Gmail, calendar and everything, everything. Soho uh, is going to be a big one. We use MailChimp for
1: all our email marketing right now. A cool one is, is, uh, that we use for all of our email tracking, which I think is huge. Uh, and it's worked several times as Sidekick. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but, um, all of those there's so many little things that we use that we integrate with but that's how we can become better brokers
0: what does sidekick do sidekick basically it's it's a uh
1: chrome extension that i use it on uh, and i have it on my phone but it basically tags every every email you send out so you can see pops up on your screen and and if you go into the email you can see if the person's read it how much it did actually email when they read it if they've read it where they've read it um oftentimes i'll be trying to follow up with leads or my team will be in, and uh, we'll see that they've just. Read it and i'll just quickly reach out to them for a quick note just thinking about you do you have any you have any questions at this time and when they're thinking about it and they get a message from you they're like this is crazy <laughs> you
0: know what i mean so right, yeah yeah that's good there's value in that for sure mm-hmm. being top of mind at the right time and yeah, if you could exactly. recommend a book for our listeners what would it be
1: uh i'll give you two i think um i, I really like entrepreneurial roller coaster by darren hardy mm-hmm. and um uh, and the one thing
0: by gary keller yeah, that's a great book. I've just been re- reading that one in the last little bit. Um, where do you think our industry is headed? Where's the opportunity?
1: Uh, the opportunity. I think our industry is headed as many people have said before. It's, it's going two directions. You're either going to be fully full service. Um, we are. We try and we very in, um, in touch with the community. So we do lots in, in the community. We give back. We we engage our realtors and giving back to our community. So we're the we're full service, local, community driven. We don't get shopped on rates a ton at this point. I mean, I'm sure that's going to become more and more of a challenge as, as we move forward. Um So I think there's you either got to go that route and be be super local, have a brand that everyone knows, be unique, stand out, do something different somehow, mm-hmm. um, or or the online model, which is a is a great model that the discounted the discounted rates. It's a great model for those that have built the infrastructure to do it. I just don't
0: think most people have that infrastructure to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And so if you're caught in the middle, I think it's gonna to be tough moving forward. Right. I th- I love how Callum Ross puts it it's, you're in the price business or the advice business and you kinda have Absolutely. to pick one Yeah, so, yeah that's cool. I never heard that. Um so if you it's my last question, one of my favorites the DeLorean, remember the movie Back to the Future? Yeah, yeah. So in the there's the car, you jump in, travel in time. So if I could put you into the DeLorean and send you back eleven years your first day as a broker and you could give yourself three pieces of advice. So that your business would be bigger and better today, what would you what would you tell yourself? I would
1: have become way more crystal clear on what I wanted out of my life and my business earlier. on. So as I said before, I, I kind of jumped in and just didn't just did whatever I thought of um, moving forward. Tried to hustle and and every day just kind of put one foot ahead of the other. Um, Which worked, Uh, but I think the clearer you can be about what you want in life, the more you can design that life and then reverse engineer that to what do I have to do today? How many people do I talk to? The more you can be clear on that is uh, I wish I did that sooner. Mm the other one, keep it simple and just execute. I think we, I make things way too complicated. Uh, and then just the, the things that I'm executing, just monitor and continue to tweak what's what's working and what's not working and, and just continue to monitor that. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you do those things and, you, and you're constantly improving, you're going to be successful.
0: So may, have a vision for what you want. Uh, keep it simple. and Or sorry, execute and keep it simple. You'd say that would be the three things that you'd tell yourself? Uh, keep it simple and execute. And the last one, just, just monitor what you're doing. Monitor, so right. What's working, what's not well, Zach, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, how can people find you online?
1: Uh, com or Zach at SilvermanMortgage.com.
0: And are you guys hiring at all? Uh, internally, we, we are always looking for, for the right people. Um, so
1: internally, we're, we're not hiring... Uh,
0: Right now. Okay. And if anybody listening to this, they can get notes, uh, links to everything that we talked about at mortgagebroking.com. Zach, I appreciate your time, man, and I hope you absolutely crush the rest of your year. Thanks so much, Scott. I appreciate the opportunity. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Broker. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or, or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's mortgage slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing. Since this is exclusive for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.